Welcome to today's episode of the Back in Shape podcast. This week we're going to be talking specifically to those of you that have back pain for a couple of months or longer, how you can better understand the situation and then formulate your expectations going forwards to make sure that everything is in order. We're not having perhaps false expectations. We're expecting this thing to turn around in a very short period of time. And that allows us that understanding to firstly actually explore certain areas that have maybe been holding us back, but secondly, be more positive about the way in which we're going forward. So we have a full understanding of the road ahead of us and then things don't tend to surprise us and set us back. With back pain, especially if it's been there for a long period of time, it can be quite effective up here mentally uh, at kind of knocking our confidence, etc. each time we have a, a setback. But if we properly appreciate the genesis, which is what we'll get to first, and more importantly, how we are doing the exercises and what the exercises are actually doing for us and what they're not doing for us, we're going to have a much better time going through that recovery process. And sure, there are going to be bumps in the road, and there's many reasons for that, which we can't really avoid. But we will be much more um, embracing of those particular setbacks along the way, rather than cause them to question absolutely everything and really set our confidence back to the point where we kind of go into a downward spiral, as you see so often in those with longer term back pain, they kind of resign themselves to not being able to do anything and it being there for life. And it's not the case, especially when there are so many things that can be done within the control of the individual to make things better. So let's start out with just looking at the genesis. And this is something that you should do. If you've had a back problem for a long period of time, look at the genesis of your back problem. How did it start? What happened? And there are a few factors in there that I wanna cover with you guys today that will make you better understand the task at hand going forwards from here. So the first and most important thing, it doesn't matter what condition you've got. So don't get bogged down with your specific diagnosis here. Whatever it is, whether it's a spondylolisthesis, a disc bulge, it's just chronic back pain and it's never really had a, a name put on it. It doesn't really matter for this exercise. But look back and what you will find is that as a result of your back pain, you will have started to move differently. You will maybe get out of chairs differently. You'll move around the house differently. That left side is really, really bad so you lean more on the right hand side for example and those little habits those movement patterns start to become the norm that you know you're consciously doing them when you first have back pain but once we get to that three six month or longer period it's just something you do and it's passed into the subconscious and that's just the way you get out of the chair for example maybe we're getting out of a chair we we shift ourselves over to the one side and then we kind of put our weight through the one leg and then we round our lower back to push ourselves out of the chair and kind of tip forwards until we get to standing and we start to see that these movement patterns are not normal and they end up perp uh, perpetrate perpetuating the problem because we start to get tightness and asymmetries here and there and we're not using the muscles properly and we're getting into the habit of constantly doing these things and one of the things we find with members is that someone else has told them that they move a little bit like this or they do a little bit of that or they've seen in a photograph they're leaning off to one side and they're not even aware of it by this point because it's been going on for such a long period of time and hand in hand with this we also then have the muscular weakness that comes in with our lower back, unlike other areas of the body, we can't isolate it when we have an injury. When we have an injury, we, we, we want to protect that area. We don't want to put it under undue strain. But with the lower back, we can't realistically do that for a number of different reasons. And therefore, we stop moving our body in certain ways. And the weakness that sets in and that builds in over a period of time prevents us from being able to effectively stabilize and protect our lower back 
on a daily basis. And that's where this weakness gets to such a degree that we have these scenarios on a daily basis where we just strain our back for no apparent reason. We think, well, I can't even get through a day without irritating my back, getting sharp shooting pain down my leg, whatever the case may be. Because we're at a point where we have such poor movement patterns and such a lack of control from a muscular point of view, competence and strength, that any sort of activity of daily living, whether it's putting the child in the car seat, whether it's carrying the laundry, whatever it is, is too much for our our, our mismatched movement patterns and weak muscles to be able to handle. So that's something, and we'll kind of come back to that a little bit later on when we talk about sort of going forwards with regards to exercises. But then we also look at painkillers. Those of you that have been long, on long-term painkillers, now some of these have certain effects, certain side effects, some of them maybe over-the-counter medications. But one of the things to consider if we've been taking particularly some of those anti, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs where they irritate the gut, firstly, we've got a suppressed inflammation around our whole body. We have to recognize that controlled amounts of inflammation is actually necessary for the healing process. But if we're chronically taking pain meds or anti-inflammation meds for months, if not years on end, we're going to have some serious problems with our body's natural ability to heal. And we need to have a think about that. We need to consciously digest that process and say, look, am I going to respond as the same as someone who does not have that Am I setting my body up for a disadvantage because I've been taking pain medication that's going to affect in my gut for a long period of time, therefore I'm not going to be able to get the same nutrients from my food even if my diet is on point. And it's going to take a bit of time for that to clean itself up so that you can benefit. You're going to be at a slight disadvantage. At the end of the day, what's, what's done is done. What's past is past. We can only move forward productively. But if we fail to acknowledge these things, then we think, well, I'm just the same as the next person. Why is my back not healing? And theirs is. When we look back and we reflect on this genesis, we start to see these issues. Not to mention if we've been on stronger painkillers, we're going to have a situation whereby our body doesn't necessarily react to stimuli properly anymore. Everything's been dampened for so long. We're kind of in this very peculiar situation where we can't really distinguish from certain pains or certain pains from the others. And that can be very difficult when we start moving forward with exercises because perhaps everything's painful or it's always painful, etc. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the process of centralization or sorry, sensitization, which is whereby normally non-painful stimuli get processed as pain. And some of you with more chronic conditions will have a degree of sensitization, which makes it rather difficult to distinguish when you're doing your exercise is what where have I gone wrong and I've had a technical error and that's caused a flare-up and where is my pain just normally painful anyway and it's not something to be worried about you guys have to be particularly careful of your choreography getting a second set of eyes on your technique if you're one of those chronic people that has pain all the time you need to appreciate that we've got to get our choreography right when it comes to the exercises because maybe we don't have the same level of feedback from our body that's accurate as a person who isn't quite as chronic as us and has a bit more of an acute flare-up now for that acute flare-up person, they're going to be much more debilitated because they're not going to be able to walk, they're going to be in a lot of pain, or from time to time, they're going to be very, very insignificant pain to where they can't move around as normal. Whereas you, being the more chronic patient, you, you're kind of used to walking around and doing things and it just hurts all the time. So there's different characteristics for and against some of these processes, but we have to acknowledge if there is the, the chances that they are in fact there, because that helps us better understand where we're starting and then where we're going. We can't possibly set out in the right direction if we don't appreciate where we've been, where we've been traveling, or what direction we've been traveling, and then where we need to go. So that's really important. Now, before we get onto the exercises and precisely what they are doing, because this is a real source of confusion around people, or we just never objectively make that statement out loud, this is what the exercises do for me. We have to acknowledge 
that healing is always taking place. Your body is always going through a healing process. No one is healing you. Not even the best treatment. Uh, maybe we could say certain treatments are going to help your body heal itself, but you do the healing. Your body is going through the process of a healing uh, situation in your lower back, wherever that injury is, an adapt adaptation process. That's happening in all of us all of the time. You are no different. The big problem is, which is why we address the genesis first, is that all of those things that we've perhaps discussed, they are interfering with the healing process. It's like you're trying to build a house and every couple of weeks or every day, someone comes in and just takes a wrecking ball and knocks down that wall you've built. You go, why the hell is the thing not building? Because every single day, there are these people that are coming and sabotaging your progress in building that house. And those are the things that we just discussed in the Genesis. Bad movement, weak muscles, maybe some inappropriate responses to pain, maybe some bad practices on a daily basis. All of those things get involved and get in the way of healing. And if we aren't aware of those things, we can do the right exercises, the right things, the right treatments, but we're still undermining our progress because we've got some saboteurs at hand that keep getting in the way. So you are doing the healing yourself. Now comes the exercises to start to help that process. And we really have two categorizations of exercises. The first is gonna be relief exercises. And for those of you in the program, that's kind of like your phase one. And we talk about this in great detail in the program. We talk about the four pillars, etc. that are characterizing with reference to back pain what the phase one is doing but if we for a moment have a look at looking at it kind of from a drug point of view what our relief-based exercises might be doing so if we for example take a painkilling drug or just drug a and we take drug a to achieve a benefit the benefit that we get from drug A comes at a cost because there's some side effects that happen. And that's where we take drug B and we take our drug B and that deals with the side effects so we can move on with our life and we've got the benefits from drug A, we've got the blocking effects of drug B and everything's happy and we can move forward. Now in the reality with pharmaceuticals, you end up getting a side effect from drug B so we have to take drug C, D and E and so on. But that's not the point of this example. Your daily life is like drug A. You have to live. You have to go to the shops, you have to go and look after the kids, you have to go to work to earn a living, you have to get dressed in the morning. Many of these activities are necessary. There is a benefit from that drug, if you will, that drug A. We have to do those things, but that comes at a cost. When we have all of those issues that we've already discussed, the weaknesses, etc., the back injury, blah, 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 the drug A has the side effect of actually creating trouble for us. It doesn't allow our body to continue to heal. It puts strain on the injured tissues and is something that we have to have handled from a point of view of side effect. So we then take drug B. And drug B, in this case, is our relief-based exercises. Those exercises are there to combat the stress and strain that your daily life that you have to lead puts on the back. In the cases of the ankle example, or maybe a broken ankle or strained ankle, for example, we can mitigate that strain by putting it in a boot. You might have a cast on a broken limb, for example, for a period of time, because that stops you putting stress on those tissues that are trying to heal. That can't be done for the lower back. So we have the strain of daily life, which is necessary for us to live, and that is mitigated by the relief-based exercises that take the strain off the tissues, they loosen off some of the muscles, they teach us how to hold ourselves better, they reduce any excess inflammation, not completely eliminate inflammation, but help us control it a little bit better in and around the spine. That is the purpose of those relief-based exercises. Now, for some people, 
the lucky among you, that balance between the stress, the bad stuff you have to do on a daily basis, and then your relief-based exercises, what we would call a phase one exercises, that is enough to get you to a point where you're not in pain every single day. So you can work on the next part, which is strengthening exercises. For others of you, it's just not enough. You just don't have, it's just something that is helpful, but it's it's just not quite enough to offset that because we've got too many other patterns that are in the way, too much weakness perhaps. And that's okay, we just move on to the next step, which is going to be the strengthening side of things. Now, what is strengthening doing? We see it sometimes people get through, let's say phase two or phase three of the program, they're doing some strengthening exercises. More of that happens when we're doing more overt strengthening load bearing exercises later on, but they get it, they're doing the exercise. I've been doing the exercise for two weeks. Why is my back not healed? Why am I still having a flare up? Well, if we've effectively evaluated the genesis of our problem, and we know that we've had weakness, bad movement patterns developing over two years, and we consider that there's a very good chance if we've been a sedentary person and maybe not been as active as we should have been prior to the back pain, that some of this weakness and bad movement patterns, etc., has predated the back pain. So although maybe it started two or three years ago or 12 months ago, we've actually not been looking after ourselves for the decade before that anyway. So we've got a lot of work to do. Properly conceptualizing that and identifying it and having a nod to that allows us to form appropriate expectations with regards to how long strengthening is going to take. And strengthening has the first purpose of if we build our strength up to a significant degree, the strain that we mentioned earlier from daily activities starts to become less of an overwhelming problem. We start to move better when we get out of chairs, for example, or get up and down, going up and down stairs. We, we handle that strain much, much more effective. So our relief-based work that we mentioned earlier is a little bit more helpful as well. We start to protect ourselves from the stresses and strains of daily life, getting the child in the car seat, carrying the shopping becomes easier because we are stronger and we are moving better and therefore placing less excess load focused on our lower back. It's not causing us as much trouble. That's that early strengthening benefit. Notice at no point in there did I say your strengthening exercises are healing your back. What this is doing is it's reducing the frequency with which you get in the way of the healing process, which allows the healing process to start to develop. It's still vulnerable. It's still not healed but it is starting. And then we have to consider the third point. The third point is taking this forward for the long term. If we think about our strengthening exercises, they are like instructions and they're giving our body the guidance. You need to lay some tissue down here. You need to strengthen up this here. You need to strengthen up that there. When we start with strengthening exercises, they're done in a very safe way. This is what we would call phase two and maybe early some of the phase three exercises. But as we start to progress, the need to put load back onto the spine and start to challenge those tissues is important because if we never start to add loading back onto our body, we never give those spinal discs and the ligaments and the muscles and the joints, etc., in that area and down into the hips, we never give the, the instruction that we expect you to be able to handle more load. And this comes in tandem with an appropriate evaluation of what you put your body through on a daily basis. Are you carrying the shopping? Well, there's six kilos. Are you carrying the child into the car seat? That might be 10, 15 kilos, depending on how old the little one is. Are you carrying the suitcases when you go on holiday? Are you carrying one, two, three of them? That's 25 plus kilos. If you're afraid of doing any sort of exercises with any sort of resistance or you stop short of that, say, I don't need to do any load bearing exercises. I'm feeling good now. You are missing a vital part of the strengthening process because your body will not build up enough strength to be able to handle those loads without the appropriate instruction. So your exercises should be the hardest and most loading and most intensive thing you do on a daily basis. Sure, there's gonna be some outlying circumstances, but they should be the time when you safely, in a controlled environment, expose your spine to load, expose your muscles and your joints and your tendons and ligaments to more load than they will ever have to bear on a daily basis. That means that when you do go on that holiday, you pick up the suitcase, it's easy. Yeah, sure, it's a bit awkward, but your body is a 
accustomed to lifting significantly more than the weight of that suitcase or the weight of that shopping bag, etc. And you're used to it. So as we progress for the long term, what we would classify really as those phase four exercises, we're using load on the spine, we're challenging our body in an asymmetrical manner and symmetrical manner with a little bit more power to guide that healing process. But again, it's only guiding the healing process. You're providing the stimulation from the exercises. The exercises provide the instruction for your body, but your body is doing the healing process. Now, we won't get into it in this episode, but there are other things that you can do to help your body go through that healing process. A big one is gonna be your sleep and your nutrition and your hydration. Those will all help provide your body with the raw materials to actually build that stuff in response to the hard training. But hopefully, the main points that we want wanted you guys to understand from this episode of the Back in Shape podcast is really just stopping for a moment. If you've had back pain for a long period of time, reflecting on how it came about, on some of the changes within your body that are not to your advantage, that are interrupting the healing process, that are maybe ingrained, many of which you won't even be aware you're doing to start with, but you will start to get a better understanding as time goes by and start to work on some of those issues. And then properly understanding that when you're doing your simplistic relief-based exercises, that's not fixing your back. That's not that's not um, healing your back. Your back is trying to heal. That's just there to relieve the stress and strain that's on these injured structures so you can heal your own back. That's very important. And then we're starting to do our strengthening work to start to protect and create an armory that we can defend our back with from on a daily basis from those stresses and strains that we put ourselves through. And obviously to the degree some of you wish to get back into activities that carry more strain, maybe you want to do downhill mountain biking, maybe you want to go for runs, maybe you want to do a, a martial arts, whatever the case may be, maybe you want to go for a round of golf with your friends. Those are higher strain activities. So we're going to need to build more strength in order to effectively handle those sorts of activities. And then for the long term, we're really using our resistance training as we've mentioned in previous episodes, three, five times a week, it's not too onerous for any of us. We all have the time to do it, no matter no matter who we are. It's a very small amount of that 168 hours a week. I think in the previous episode, we said it was about 0.03% of your week could be devoted to strengthening and it would really change your life. And that's not an overestimation because we see so many people where it has changed their life when they do it consistently for the long term. But that longer term strengthening process is about guiding your body, building it further and further so it's stronger and more resilient to accidents, freak occurrences in the future. And not only that, but if you do have the misfortune of being exposed to a strain that you just can't handle, you have the movement patterns that are right. You have the strength that is there. And you will be one of those people that, yeah, you have a little injury, but you recover from it nice and quickly rather than it, it thrusting you into a downward spiral that lasts months, maybe even longer years of, of back trouble. So hopefully this episode has been helpful and has been enlightening and has made you think about what precisely your exercises or treatment for that matter, if you're having treatments, uh, you know, a variety of treatments to help you with your back, um, what they're actually doing and what they're not doing. So you understand that a little bit more. So your expectations have been met after having a look back at your own history and taking that on board. And so you can move forwards with much more positivity and much more certainty about how this journey will play out over time. As always, if you do have any questions, use that comment section here, whether you're watching on YouTube or one of the other platforms or on the website, it's there. We read and reply to all of your comments and they're appreciated and they help us guide you guys as well as guide the content that we put out. As always, 
Thanks for watching us. You can subscribe to the channel if you found this one helpful. Subscribe rather than subscribe, whatever I said the first time. Give it a thumbs up if you did find it interesting and consider sharing this with someone else if they've been struggling for quite, a, quite some time with their own back pain or sciatica. Thanks for watching and we'll see you in the next episode.